Welcome to the podcast of C3 Church with today's message. All right, we're ready for the confessions? Woo, boy, I like these confessions, man. You guys get excited about these confessions, right? So one of the things that we know over in Romans, it says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, right? So sometimes you got you to gotta build up your most holy faith based on what you say. Right? And when you confess the things of the word of God, you begin to hear them. And guess what? They begin to manifest in your own life. Faith comes by hearing. This is why you, sometimes you have to get negative people out of your life and dream snatchers and dream killers out of your life. You got to be careful who you share your dreams with because everybody's not going to be happy about your dreams. Come on, somebody. And so sometimes you got to distance yourself from people who are taking away your passion for what God has called you to do. And so, so you got to speak good of yourself. That's why it's important that you understand that you can edify yourself better than anybody. That's why when you look in the mirror, you got to see something beautiful. You got to see something, God made me this way. I love this because God said that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. So he didn't make damage and mess. He loves you, right? Now, you might have been marred over the, over the seasons, but God says, I can take something that's ashes and I can turn it into something that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the kind of God we serve. That's the kind of God we serve because this is, this is how he does it. He'll fill you with the Holy Spirit, man, and he'll make you beautiful on the inside so you can look beautiful on the outside. Come on, man. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I think all of us had looked in the mirror at one point or another, didn't like what we saw. Right? This is why sometimes when you look in the mirror, you got to start confessing some things about yourself. You bad. You awesome. You bad from your genesis to your revelation. Amen. You got to look in the mirror and just begin to confess some things, guys, because notoriously we have such bad stuff that has happened to us. And people have said some things to us. We've been bullied and, and we've been mistreated and disenfranchised. And, and sometimes we got to look in the mirror and see something beautiful because somebody has burned you in your life. We all have been there. We all have been there. So y'all ready for these confessions? I told you, I'm fired up, man. I'm fired up today, man. We, we got to get this thing, man. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, okay, let's do it. Y'all ready? All right. Oh, righteous father. Thank you for separating me to receive great grace and great power. Fill us with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. My heart, my heart, come on, put your hand on your heart. Say, my heart, my heart is, good ground is good ground and cannot be infiltrated, cannot be infiltrated or, penetrated or penetrated with the devil's seeds. The devil's seeds. I, am I am a contagious carrier, a contagious carrier of, the power, of the power, the purpose, the, purpose, the, passion, the passion, and the potential of God. Potential of God. I, believe I believe you will supply, you will supply all of my needs. According to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Therefore, I am not need-based. I am not need-based. I'm a supplier. I'm not man-centered. I'm God-centered. I'm not an orphan. I'm a son. I'm redeemed. I'm the blood-washed. I'm holy. I'm righteous. I'm an overcomer. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the kind of stuff that'll get you fired up. Amen. Let me do a little recapitulation from last Sunday. We talked about mending the nets, mending the nets. Uh, the scriptures over in Matthew chapter 4, verse 21. See, the net represents the hearts, the lives, and the relationships of people. In other words, the net is the church, right? And so when God gets ready to throw the net out, if the net is broken or it needs mending or there are people that are not connecting in the church, that's why we can't catch people and bring them to the church because the net is broken. And so God has a way that we can mend the net because our nets need mending. And you guys know I love to teach. So the word mending in scripture in the Greek is kartartizo. Say that with me. Kartartizo. See, see, you're going to learn Greek. Kartartizo. And it means to complete thoroughly, repair, adjust, fit, frame, make perfect, join together, prepare, and restore. Because the nets need mending. And the nets are the relationships, the hearts, and the lives of people, right? So there are some things in your life that might need repairing, that may need restoring. Amen, somebody. There might be some things that may, that may need some adjustments. And sometimes the Holy Spirit has to be a, a spiritual chiropractor, right, to make those adjustments that we need to make so that we can stand up rightly. Come on, somebody. And you know if you've ever, how many of you have ever been to a chiropractor? Right? You know, you know. They don't tell you to brace because they know you're tense up, right? You don't even know when it's getting ready to happen. They'll start moving, then they'll snap something, right? And you hear a noise. Well, that noise is pushing air in another location, right? It's pushing that air out. That's why you hear that pop, right? And so that's what God has to do. Sometimes he has to make some adjustments in you, and, and, and you don't know it's coming. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Glory to God. And so the pastor might drop a word on it, and you go, mm. Right? That's that adjustment that he's making, right? Or he might say something, or somebody might give you a word, and you go, wow, that's that adjustment that's coming. So you're being mended right now. This is what God is doing. He's mending us so that we can be a good net, so that we can bring in more people. Yes. Amen. Amen? Now, all of us got a level of brokenness, but we shouldn't be so broken that God can't use us to bring other people in. Right. Amen? Amen? All of us got some level of brokenness, amen, and, and some level of weakness and fear that's inside of us. That's not what I'm talking about, saints of God, because when you get saved, come on, everything is just not going to go away completely. Come on, all those thoughts, all that stuff you've been through in your life, all those relationships you've been through, all those men you've been with, all those women you've been with. See, don't be looking at me like that. Y'all know I ain't scared of none of y'all. Yeah, all that stuff is still in you. Amen. You could be worshiping, and the enemy will pop one of them jokers up. And you're like, why in the world I'm thinking about her? Right. Uh, see, see, see how y'all looking at me right now? You see? You see? Why in the world am I thinking about that right now? Why? Because the enemy wants to distract you. He don't want you to worship God. He will do anything to keep you from worshiping God. Now, the moment you say, I'm going to go to church, your car going to break down, you know, the dishwasher going to break, kids start tripping, the dog poop everywhere. Something's going to happen when you get ready. I'm telling you, saints, I'm telling you what I know. I'm telling you what I've experienced. You get up, you ready to serve God, and you walking out slipping on. What? And then you got a mess to clean up, and then you got all out the spirit, and you're mad at the dog. <laughs> Amen. Uh, somebody in here know what I'm talking about, right? So <laughs> from our foundational text, we glean seven specific directives. The first directive was 
character requirements, right? So God requires us to have character. You need to have character in the house of God. You can't just say you are anointed, right? See, see the anointing comes from, or the, that authority comes from um, um, the, the, the gift of the Spirit. But if you're operating in the gift of the Spirit, you also need to operate in character, which is the fruit of the Spirit. So you just can't operate in the gift without the fruit. Amen, somebody. And so those work hand in hand because the anointing, the power, that's the gift of God. But the gift of God must have an outlayer called the fruit of God, which is character, integrity, goodness, kindness, love. Right. And so that must be on the top. That's why the first thing that Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter four, he gave us five requirements and all of it him stems on humility. Right. And then we go from there to the seven basic unities. Y'all remember one body. That's the church. One spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. One hope. That's heaven. One Lord. That's Jesus. One faith. That's the gospel. One baptism. That's into the body of Christ. And one God. That's the father. So you had you had those seven unities, but then out of those unities, you had five diversity of gifts. All right. So those five gifts are the apostolic, which is the governing ministry. I'm talking fast because you got to listen to the podcast from last Sunday to get it. You got the prophetic, which is the guiding ministry. You got the evangelistic, which is the the, the gathering ministry, and then you have the shepherding, is the guarding ministry, and you have the teacher, which is the grounding ministry. And from there, you got two primary functions for equipping the saints and for edifying, and the crescendo of it all is that we become complete, we become unified, we are strengthened, and every part does its job. And so the five-fold ministry, I've, I've always taught it this way because you can see it with the hand, because all five ministries should be working together. Everybody with me here today? So I, I can see that the representation, and, and I'm not the first one to do this. I've seen this done before, that the thumb finger is, is representative of the apostle, right? The, the apostle gives a strong foundation, right? Without the thumb, you can't shoot a gun straight because that thumb actually gives you balance. You can't shoot a bow straight. You can't really shake a hand real good without the thumb. So the thumb gives you balance because the thumb is a foundational ministry. That's the apostle. Every now and again, the apostle also gets to operate in the, all the other gifts without any problems. It can touch all the other gifts. So the prophetic ministry is the pointing finger because the prophetic ministry is pointing us to God, right? So the next finger, that's the evangelist because it's the longest finger. It's for outreach. Amen. This finger is the shepherd because the shepherd wears the ring finger. The shepherd's married to the church. But also the shepherd is closer to the teacher. The teacher is the smallest finger because the teacher breaks down the word of God to the smallest degree. It's also the one you can get in your ear because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So when you got all five working in a ministry, you got a, you got a powerful thing happening. Amen? Amen? So I want to show you something different today because I also want to show you that um, we can also see this with senses. With senses, right? These five senses. So I want to, I think I might have the slide. Oh, maybe I don't. Okay. So I thought I had a slide for you here. So the, the apostle is the sense of hearing. And the reason I say that is uh, they hear Christ speaking and unfolding himself in the word, as the word, and governs the body accordingly. The prophet is the sense of sight. 
And even in the Old Testament, prophets are known as seers, right? You ever seen that word, that term? Seers, the sense of sight. They're given to spiritual visions, dreams, and the prophetic to guide the body accordingly. The evangelist is the sense of smell. Praise the Lord. It's the sense of smell because they can smell lost folks like a hound dog. You just get around an evangelist. All they want to just says, you need the Lord. Right? That, uh, if you get around a true evangelist, they'll embarrass you. Right? Because you know you should be talking about the Lord, but they just go right on up in there. Right? Do you know the Lord? They, they don't care. They don't care if you get him. Uh-uh. No. Uh, see, evangelists will go talk to drug dealers, and you by yourself as a woman. <laughs> right, Diane? <laughs> Diane didn't care. She was talking to some jokers, man. Like, look here, you, you, you saved? We can pray right here, right now. That's that evangelist spirit. It's a sense of smell. They can smell lost people. They can smell people who've been disenfranchised and cast aside. They love that kind of stuff. That's the evangelist. The shepherd is the sense of taste. They guide in helping the body consume proper nourishment so that you can taste and see that the Lord, he is good. And then the last one is the teacher. The teacher is the sense of touch. They are the sense that touches him who is the word and handles him skillfully and accurately through the written word to ground the body accordingly. So, so this, is, this, is, this is amazing because in Ephesians, we got, in Matthew, we got the word mending, cartartizo. In Ephesians, the where is the word equipping? Oh, I did have it. There it is right there if y'all want to take a picture of it. <laughs> I thought I had it. It was, it was, it was late. <laughs> Amen. All right, let's move on. So, oh, I'm sorry. Man, y'all, be, y'all, man, y'all about to raise up on a brother in here. Amen. All right. Everybody got it? You sure? Okay. <laughs> All right. So I'm getting hot now. It's getting ready to go down. Praise God. So y'all ready to move on? Yeah. All right. So the word equipping is cartartismos. So the word for mending is cartartizo. Say it with me. Cartartizo. And the word for equipping is cartartismos. That's the Greek word. So it is the verb form of cartartizo. So it means to render fit, to render sound and healthy, to complete, to equip, to arrange, to adjust, to strengthen, to perfect, or to mature, to make one what he ought to be. I love that last one because the main reason that Jesus brought these fivefold ministries is to make one who he ought to be. In other words, he knew that the net was broken, so he sent us the fivefold ministry to help mend you, to help adjust you, to build you up, to edify you, to love you, to appreciate you, and to challenge you. Amen? Because if you're not challenged, you will never grow. Amen? This is why you got to challenge yourself with the word of God. I should be teaching you something. You go, my God, I got to go back and look at that again. Right? If I'm not doing that, then I'm not on my game. Right? And so I should be feeding you enough food to get you excited to go study it for yourself. Right? Amen. Right? You don't come to church for a word. You should already be in the word. You come to church to get confirmation from the word you've already been in. 
Because if you come to church to get a word, I might not preach what you want, and then you get mad because you were looking for something else. No, you get confirmation from, if you're not in the word, how you know I'm, all, I'm, I'm on the right track? <laughs> Amen. And so this is, this is why it's important. God is trying to mend us. And so we must digest the intrinsic value of the didactic teachings of the scriptures so that we can comprehend everything that's in equipping. So I want to show you something because I know a lot of people, a lot of denominations uh, and some Bible schools and theology schools are teaching and evangelical circles believe that there are no more apostles for today. That they all died off with the original apostles. So I'm going to teach you something today, and we're going to go right through the Word of God. Amen? So I want to show you something here. Before we can garner the deeper level and understanding the apostolic gift, because that's what we're talking about today, I want to give you some interesting uh, scriptural statistics. These statistics are from the ascension, that's when Jesus went up to be with Father, to the book of Revelation, right? From the ascension to the book of Revelation. This is, does not have the Gospels included because he walked during the Gospels, except that at the very end, right? So this is from the ascension when he went up to the book of Revelation. Wait a minute, where is it? Oh, man, my slide didn't take. Max, I sent you the wrong slide. Okay, so I'm going to just have to tell you, it didn't take. So here it is. Apostles are mentioned 75 times from the ascension to the book of Revelation, 75 times. The prophet is mentioned 19 times from ascension to the book of Revelation. Prophetess. Prophetess is mentioned one time, and it was Jezebel. <laughs> I'm not trying to say anything, y'all. I'm just saying. Now, I know you might say that what about Philip's daughters? Because Philip's daughter, they, Philip had four daughters, right? And the Bible said they all prophesied. So they were prophets. It didn't, didn't call them prophetess. Say they all prophesied, right? Just, just to make sure we, we, we're in balance with the word of God. Evangelists. From the ascension to the book of Revelation is mentioned three times. Pastor, a poor mean, shepherd is mentioned one time. From the ascension to the book of Revelation is only mentioned one time. Pastor mentioned one time. Teacher is mentioned nine times, and three of those are negative. Pastor mentioned one time, apostle mentioned 75 times. But why do we put so much emphasis on the word pastor when the Bible does it? I'm just saying, saints, I'm just giving you the word of God. Okay, so y'all ready to move on? Okay, come on, breathe, breathe. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. So this is why you need to know the difference between eisegesis and exegesis. Eisegesis is you read into the scripture what you wanted to say, right? Exegesis is you take the scripture for what it says and the reality of what it is. I only want to teach you in an exegetical way and not add anything to it. 
This is why I talk to you like I do. This is why I give so many scriptures. Okay, so let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10. Let's start there. Now, I'm going to be rolling through the Bible a little bit, guys, because I have to. Uh, take good notes. And then come Wednesday night, and we'll, we'll go deeper on this on Wednesday night, okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10 says, According to the grace of God which was given to me, this is Apostle Paul, as a wise master builder. Somebody say master builder. As a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. Right? So the word master builder um, is the word architecton, where we get the English word architect. Right. And so, in other words, Apostle Paul says, I am a wise master builder doing what the apostle builds the foundation. God bless you. It lays the foundation. So the foundation is always on the bottom. Right. Before you can build anything on any building or any house or any structure, you got to have a strong foundation first. And so if you don't have a strong foundation, which the Bible clearly states that that's laid by the apostolic gift, then I wonder what we've been building on. A mess. This is why it's like a house of cards. This is why you sing some of those that are well known in ministry that are falling like flies. Why? Because they didn't have a strong foundation, nor were they accountable to anybody like a spiritual father who can actually speak into their lives and they actually repent of their sins. And we got too many, too many spiritual cowboys and cowgirls out there doing whatever they want to do. And they're not accountable to anybody. They hurt people. And then when somebody come in to try to give them some guidance, they, re they reject it. Because they only want to be accountable in word, not in deed. <laughs> Amen. Everybody getting this with me here? Okay, so let's lay this strong foundation. And so let's just see, well, the first apostle, because now we got to count. If it was only 12 original apostles, we got to go to the word of God to find out. Amen. Amen. And so let's go to the book of John chapter 13. Verse 16, now you're going to run through this Bible pretty good today, and I love doing it this way. This is how we do Bible study, too. So this is a Bible study Sunday morning. John chapter 13, verse 16, I'm going to go ahead and start reading it. It says, most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent. Somebody say the word sent. sent. Nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. Somebody say the word sent. Okay. That word sent is apostolos. Apostolos or is where we get the word apostle. So Jesus says here that, that I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who sent him is greater. And so Jesus is saying when you are a sent one, it means you are a messenger, one sent forth with orders. Are you here with me? Go to John 20, 21. Make sure you write these scriptures down. We're going to talk about these at Wednesday night. So Jesus said to them, peace to you, as the Father has, what? Sent me. So what? 
so I also send you. Right? Are you seeing this with me, saints? You got to see this in the word of God. So that word sent, you see that word? Apostello. Right? And so it's to go out, uh, to go to an appointed place, one who is sent forth with a specific commission. You seeing that? So the, the first one is apostolos. I'm sorry. That's how you pronounce that is apostolos. And then the second one is apostello. But both of them are sending, sending ministries, right? So now we see Jesus talked about his father sending him. And then he said, I am one who is sent. And because I was sent, I was sent as an apostle. So now I send you. Because only a sent one can send one. It's important you see this foundation here. All right? You want some more of the word? So now you got to ask the question, when was Jesus sent? Go to John 10, 36. John 10, 36 says, 35 says, if he called them gods to whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken. Verse 36 says, do you say of him whom the father sanctified and sent into the world? He's talking about Jesus Christ. The father sanctified and sent Jesus into the world. You are blaspheming because I said I am the son of God. So in other words, he was coming against the Pharisees because they were blaspheming Jesus. But Jesus said, I am the one that the father sanctified and sent. Are you here with me? So that word sent is a, is a verb. In, in, in Greek verbs, they have a tense, a voice, and a mood. And so it's in the perfect tense, the active voice, and the indicative mood. So I want to teach you this. I can't just say it. I got to show it to you. So when you understand, I know I'm teaching. Man, I'm teaching y'all like we're in theology school. I ain't lying. But listen, <laughs> this is what you got to do. You got to learn. You can't stay a baby. You're going to have to learn. So it's in the perfect tense. That means it's already been completed. So he said, the father sanctified me and sent me. That's done. It's in the active voice. That's strong, direct, and it's clear. There's no ambiguity that Jesus Christ knew who he was, and he knows who he is sending. And it's in the indicative mood. Something real, certain, objective fact. It is for real. So when he says, and the father sanctified and sent me, there is no doubt that Jesus is the first apostle. Are you getting this with me here? I know I get loud. I'm sorry. I just, I just get so excited. So in other words, a sent one has a variety of functions and duties, including overseeing, planting, watering, encouraging, correcting, judging, activating, imparting, demonstrating, establishing, pioneering, mobilizing, teaching, preaching, ordaining. That's the, the apostolic gift. That's the one who is sent. Somebody say he sent him. Yeah. All right. Y'all want some more of the Bible? Yeah. All right. 2 Corinthians 13 to 10 in the Amplified Bible. I put this one on the screen for you. Don't get too happy. I ain't put everything on there. It says, therefore, I write these things while being absent from you so that when I come, I will not need to deal severely with you. In my use of authority, which the Lord has given me to be used for building you up, edification, not for tearing you down, destruction. 
So in other words, the apostolic gift comes to build and to edify, not to destroy. Anytime someone wants to use the apostolic gift to destroy people, you are doing it in your own will and not in the will of the Father. This, the apostle gift is for building up and edifying. And sometimes you have to correct to edify a person. So when an when a, when a apostle gets up and preaches, you might say, well, I, I don't think I need to. You better go read the word first and see if you're lining up with the word that they're preaching. If you're not, then you need to change. Because if you measure yourself based on what somebody else is doing, you might be doing pretty good. Right? But Apostle Paul also teaches you can't compare yourself among yourself. In so doing, it is not wise. It's like a tribe of pygmies trying to compare to see who's tallest. It's like you're all short. Right? So this is why you don't compare yourself among yourself. It's not wise. You compare yourself according to the word of God. This is the plumb line, saints of God. Am I there yet? Nope. You don't compare yourself to your pastor, your minister, your mama, deacon them, booking them, elder them, bishop them. You compare yourself to the word of God and see how you line up with the word of God and let God do those adjustments so he can align your back straight. Are you here with me? All right, can I go a little bit deeper? I will clarify and say this. There would never, ever be any more apostles of the Lamb. And we got to make the distinction here. The apostles of the Lamb are those who actually walk with Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So now, the school of theology that don't believe in the fivefold says that there were only 12 apostles. All right, we're going to read the Word, and we're going to see what the Word says. Amen. I'm not trying to tell you, you know, I'm just saying, we're going to read it. Amen. So let's go to Matthew 10. All right. Y'all like Sundays like this? Amen. Because that's how they're going to be. <laughs> reading the word of God, reading the scriptures. Amen. This is what we got to do. Read the word of God. If you just read the word and let the word do the work, you don't have to do no preaching. Because the word is the one that's going to edify you and build you up. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay, why you turn to Matthew chapter 10, verse 1 says this. And when he, Jesus, had called his 12, somebody said 12, yes. had called his 12 disciples to him. What were they? Disciples. How many? 12. Jesus is the chief apostle, and then there's 12. How many is that? 13. What do you do with 13 when they say there's only 12? Put my glasses like this so I can look at y'all. <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying here? I'm not done yet. So what were they? Disciples to him. He gave them exosia or power or authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, not to bind them up, to cast them out. And to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases. Now, the names of the 12 apostles are these. And you can go through the name right there. Bob, 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 Bob. And I go to number four. 
<laughs> okay, y'all read all those names. Number four, Simon the Canaanite and Judas Iscariot. Y'all know Judas Iscariot. We know what happened with Judas. Right here, he was among the 12. Remember that. Okay? Who also betrayed him. Look at number five. This is interesting, saints of God. These 12 Jesus sent. Apostello. He sent out and commanded them, saying, do not go in the way of the Gentiles and do not enter into the city of the Samaritans, and blah, 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 blah. Okay, so they were disciples when he called them. When he called them, he appointed them, and he sent them out. They were not apostles until he sent them. They were disciples. Let me tell you something. Unless you are a disciple, you will never be a sent one. You got to be a disciple of Christ. You got to break down this word. You got to study this word. You got to live this word, teach this word. Right? Unless you're a disciple, you can't be a sent one. He called them as disciples. He sent them as apostles. Are you seeing the transition here? All right? We're just walking through the word. This is the way I like to teach. Amen? All right. You want some more of the Bible? All right, go to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. See, you'll learn, you'll learn where, all the, where all the Bible stuff is if you get taught this way. <laughs> Look at Luke 6, 13. It says, And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself, and from them he chose twelve whom he named Apostles. Jesus named them apostles because he was an apostle. You can't send, you can't send people if you're not a sent one. This is why the apostle loves to send. It's about sending people out. It's about blessing folks, imparting spiritual gifts, igniting people so that you can, I want to send you out. I don't want you all up in here. All right, I got, I got one amen and I got a laugh. <laughs> I guess I better keep on moving. All right, come <laughs> uh, No, 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 you missed it. Um, go to, go, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Go to Hebrews, uh-uh, go on to Hebrews. Y'all missed it. You missed an opportunity. Go to Hebrews chapter 3. Okay. Y'all want a brother to keep moving? I'm going to keep moving. So now I got I to gotta show you that Jesus is the first apostle, don't I? Yeah, let me prove that by the scriptures. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. So there, there's a proof right there by Scripture that Jesus was the first apostle because the Father sent him into the world so that he can gather the 12 and he sent them. Are uh, you seeing this with me here? All right. So we got 12 of them. All right. So now, <laughs> what do you do with Judas Iscariot? Right? Because Judas Iscariot, he betrayed Jesus, and he killed himself. So now you got 11. 
But the book of Revelation says that there's going to be 12 pillars. So somebody must have replaced Judas. Hello? Okay, go to Acts chapter 1. I hope y'all are taking good notes. Again, we're going we're gonna to break this thing down even more on Wednesday nights. Acts chapter 1 verse 26 says this. And they cast lots. They cast their lots. And the lot fell on Matthias. And he was numbered with the 11 apostles. Huh. Wow. Okay, so... So you got Jesus, that's one. You got the 11, that's 12. And then you got Matthias, that's how many? Hmm. So which ones are the apostles of the Lamb? <laughs> well, it's the last 12. Because Judas, he fell out from them. Right? Amen. Are you here with me? Can I show you something real interesting? Go to Luke chapter 10. Go to Luke 10. Boy, this is just like a Wednesday night. I love it. Luke 10. Look at this. This is, I don't know if you guys ever thought about this. Look at this one. Luke 10 verse 1. After these things, the Lord appointed, he appointed 70 others also and sent. 70 others and sent. Apostello. 70 others and sent. Apostello, 70 others and sent. So what do you do about these 70? Hmm. <laughs> Jesus plus 12 plus Matthias plus 70 unnamed apostles, 84 apostles before Pentecost. What do you do with those other 70 jokers? I don't know. I'm just giving you the scriptures, guys. I'm not, you know. All right. So this right here was before he ascended. Now, the 12 original ones are considered the apostles of the Lamb. There will never, ever be any more apostles like them. But there are apostles after the ascension. Amen? Right? Okay, so now we got to go through that a little bit. Amen? So that's the question. Are there any apostles after the ascension? Okay, go to Acts 14, 14. I know it takes a little longer to teach it this way, but I hope you're okay with this. Because this will teach you how, what stuff, where stuff is in the Bible. And I'm not just preaching it and you don't know where it is. But when you have to look in your own Bible, you can highlight and underline, this is how you learn it, okay? So it does take a little longer to teach it this way, but because I am an apostle, I like to lay a strong foundation. And I'm willing to teach it the way I have to so you get it, right? Okay, you, are you there? Acts 14, 14? Okay, let's read it here. It says, but when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard this, they tore their clothes and ran in among the multitude crying out. So the apostles, so Barnabas was an apostle and Paul was an apostle. This is after the ascension. So somebody said that's two. Okay, go to Romans chapter 16, verse 7. 
Romans 16, verse 7 says, Greet Andronicus and Unia, my countrymen and my fellow prisoners who are of note among the apostles who also were in Christ before me. So Paul is saying these two were apostles before Apostle Paul. That's four. Okay, you with me here? That's why I'm walking slow. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. First Corinthians chapter four, verse six. Now these things, brethren, I have figuratively transferred to myself and Apollos for your sakes, that you may learn in us not to think beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up uh, on, on behalf of one against the other. For who makes you differ from another? And what do you have that you did not receive? Wow, that's awesome right there. Now, if you did, didn't indeed receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? Go to verse 9. For I think that God has displayed us the apostles last. So Apollos was also an apostle. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I could have just came through here and told you all of these names, but I'd rather just tell you where they are. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 23. And if anyone inquires about Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker concerning you. Or if, if our brethren are inquired about, they are messengers. That word messenger is apostello or apostle. So Titus was also an apostle. We know the brother of James. I mean, the brother of Jesus, James, was an apostle. Right? Right? Apostle James. Okay, let me give you another one. Go to Philippians, and then we're going to add all this up in just a second here. Philippians 2.25. Yet I consider it necessary to send you, Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier, but your messenger, apostello. So he was also an apostle. Silas and Timothy were also apostles. So, I'm going to show you what we got here. Paul plus Barnabas plus Andronicus uh, and Unia, Apollos, two or more unnamed apostles. I didn't even give you that one. Two or more unnamed apostles or messengers. Uh, that was in 2 Corinthians 8.23. It named other apostles, but it, it, it said other apostles, but it didn't say how many. So it could have been two or more. So I don't know, right? Um, the, James. Uh, Epaphroditus, Silas, Timothy, Titus, 12 or more after Pentecost. So what do you do with these 12? Now, these were specifically named in the scriptures. And see, the reason I brought this saints of God is to show you that it is quite important to understand what's in scripture and what's not. To say that there were only 12 might sound good. But what do you do with these guys? when the Bible specifically says they were apostles. Once you got that down, then it's easy for everything else to flow. So now I can teach you about the gift. Go to 1 Corinthians 12, 28. Everybody good? You breathing? 
All right, I know, I know this, is, this is more like you in a, you, you, you in a theology class now. Amen? But this is, this is good, right? Right? All right. We'll hoop next, we'll hoop next Sunday with, with, with holiday. Amen? Praise the Lord. First Corinthians 12, 28. I want to show you something here. Because if we don't build according to the pattern of God, we are building outside of the will of God. Now that I laid this strong foundation and you understand that it has to be more apostles than just the 12, it would never, ever be any more apostles of the Lamb, but there are apostles in the ministry, right? And why are they here? They are a part of the fivefold ministry to help build you up, to edify you, to repair, to restore any areas of depletion. We replete it to father you. And as a father, sometimes he has to bring correction. Amen. There is a level of authority that comes with a father. Hello. Right. So that's why it is important. So look at 1 Corinthians 12, 28. It says this. And God has appointed. Who appointed? You see that in the, in the Bible? Look, look in your word. And God has appointed these, what? In the church, first apostles. Why isn't it bishop? Why isn't it shepherd or pastor? Right? You see this with me? Who set this in place? So if God put it in place, man can't, can't, man can't change this. Right? Now, he said apostles first, second prophets, third teachers, then after that miracles, and then gifts of healing, helps, administration, variety of tongues. And so God put this in, in place first. Listen, this, the apostle is in place first because the apostle is the foundational ministry. Not because the apostle is greater or more anointed, but the apostle comes in and sets the foundation so that you can build on top of it. Does that make sense? So it's no need to get upset because, well, why don't you say apostles first? It doesn't mean that we ain't greater than anybody else. It just means that God is the one that set it up because God said you must take heed how you build. And I'm going I'm to bring you in as a master builder. And you can only build according to God's pattern. That's what the apostolic gift is for. It's a governing ministry. Amen. And sometimes, you know what? It's not confined to the local church either. So let me give you these last couple of slides. The calling of the apostle is to function first, not to be first. I don't, I don't, I don't care anything about being first, but I want to function like God called me to function. You want to function how God has called you to function. Amen. It's not about being first because we all got to come together. Because a leader that don't have anybody following him is just taking a walk. Amen. Come on. It is not about who's first. It's about function. All of us need to be going. It is a call to pioneer, to enter new and different areas, to establish the kingdom of God through the Lord's church. Let me give you this one, too. Like a hammer on a hard rock, the apostle breaks through rough areas so that other gifts may follow and help establish the Lord's rule in a region. In other words, he has to root out, pull down, destroy, and throw down before he can build and plant. This is why that gift is so necessary, because a lot of times, saints of God, 
Everybody in here know this. Sometimes you got to go through detox when you come to a new church, especially one like this one. I have to take you through detox because I don't smell like your past shepherd. And you got to get the scent of this ministry. Amen. I want to build you up. I want to push you out there to do greater. I don't want you to have to necessarily come in and follow what I'm doing. What does God call you to do? What's the vision God has on your life? What is your God saying? What is God saying to you? Because if you don't know what God has said, how am I going to know? All I can do is confirm what God has said in your life. But if you're not hearing God for yourself, man, that's why they keep running the prophets and they keep doing this, that, and the other. I got to go do this. I got to go see that person instead of breaking down, going home, closing the door, and getting the word of God and say, God, unless you speak to me, I'm not going to move. See, that takes too much work right there. That's too much work. It's easier, it's easier to get that, that get Christian quick stuff. Right? You saw that late night talking about how you can get rich quick. There ain't no, it's a scheme. They're going to take your money, and you're still going to be broke. Listen, don't send that money to that prophet. I ain't lying. That's why you need to find a local church of somebody who is really there for you, somebody with some integrity, Somebody with some character, somebody that you can watch their life. You have seen me with my wife. You know me and Elaine ain't fronting for none of y'all. You know what we got is for real. Amen. And look, you come to my house, we're going to fuss in front of you. We ain't going to hide. We ain't scared of y'all. Man, that's how we fuss. We're going to fuss in front of you. No, don't fuss in front of the churchmen. No, we're going to fuss right here. No, we're going to get this thing done. Amen. You're going you're gonna to have some discussions. You're going to have some intense moments of fellowship anytime you marry. If you ain't fussing, you ain't talking. And that's the truth. I've been married going on 25 years. I'm trying to tell you what I know. Like we said in Alabama, I'm telling you like a T-I-S, like a T-I-S. Amen? This makes sense? Amen? And so now, the apostle ministry is larger than one location. You get to see me a lot, but you don't see what else I do for other ministries. That's the part you don't see, right? What you don't see is how many other pastors that I'm fathering. That's the part you don't see, right? But it's okay. You don't have to see all that. Just know this is what's being done behind the scenes. Amen? Matter of fact, I got to go speak at a a ministry in October. Um, They're looking for some oversight, so I'm just like, hey. Let's, let's talk about it, because for me, it's about relationship first, not ministry, right? And so, listen, it's not about being first. It's about function. And I know what I'm called to do. Therefore, I just follow what God wants me to do. I don't care about all the other voices. Amen? So, two, last two things. There is a sign of an apostle and a seal of an apostle. So the seal of an apostle is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 2. So put it in your notes. I'm going to tell you what it is. The seal of an apostle and the sign of an apostle. The seal is in 1 Corinthians 9 and 2. So the seal of an apostle is an apostle must build a completed local church. That's the seal. That's the seal of his apostleship that there is a functioning local church built from scratch. 
The sign of an apostle can be found in 2 Corinthians 12, 12. It's endurance and miracles. Endurance and miracles. It's endurance because apostles have the ability to keep moving even when people walk away. And I tell you one thing, I have had to endure. And sometimes me and Elaine felt like we were by ourselves at times. You're going to have to endure. Amen? And miracles. You already know, there has been so many miracles happening in this ministry. That was a miracle this morning with Chelsea. Chelsea is our miracle for this morning. Amen? So that's, that's an amazing thing, saints of God is that miracles are happening all around us, but we have to open our eyes to see them. First of all, you, you say you've never seen a miracle before? Uh, take a look at me. I am a walking miracle, so I shouldn't even be here today. I shouldn't even be pastoring a church. I should be disqualified. Based on my life, when you saw what I did in my past, I should be disqualified. I didn't come up through the right ranks, didn't go to the right denominational churches. Right? I didn't go to the right theological seminary. So why in the world am I up here preaching? Because God called me. Amen? Is this all right? Come on and give him a praise. Amen. So, so was that okay? All right. So I had to walk you through it slowly like that, scripture by scripture, because here's what I need you to do. I need you to go back. And, and read those scriptures again. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message encouraged you. If you would like to learn more about C3 Church, please visit us in person in Indian Trail, North Carolina at 5805 West Highway 74, Indian Trail, North Carolina, 28079 or on the web, c3churchnc.org, or on facebook.com forward slash c3indiantrailnc.org.